Thank you for downloading episode 82 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Folks, 25 yards out goes up and over. That one headed away from inside the box by Ryan Delaney out towards this left-hand side and Liam Gibson. And then Delaney just uh, gets that one out and away it goes for a throw to Wick Mondras. And about uh, 15 yards from the byline over on the far side as we look. We just talk about absorbing that pressure, Dave. It's almost coming in waves, isn't it? McCarthy from the right-hand side, crosses in where it's nodded home by Chris Verino. And there's the opening goal of the afternoon. And Morecambe just then turned down that right-hand side. Great cross by Gareth McCleary. And it was a free header from the defender Chris Perino back in the starting line for Gareth Ainsworth this afternoon. Absolutely no chance at all for Connor Ripley. And he opens the scoring for the chairboys to make it Wickham Wanderers 1, Morecambe 0. I was just saying there, Dave, wasn't I, about the waves of attacking play from Wickham. And after a decent spell of, you know, Morecambe possession, just getting it down, just trying to play a bit of football, all of a sudden that's all it takes. A cross in from the right and just rises higher than anybody else. No, uh, no mistake from the Wickham Wanderers, Matt. Mometi, left-hand side, on the byline, looking for options. A beater with the cross, it's a really good one as well. And Sam Boak's headed into the back of the net for 2-0. And we've been undone from wide positions twice in this first half. I think the reality is that a beater shouldn't have been allowed the time to cross that one in. I think it's been disallowed. I'm not too sure if the, if the liner on the far side is a judge shambles just to get an aerial advantage with hands on the shoulders, perhaps. I think we've got very, very lucky there because the assistant referee over on the far side puts his flag up straight away. Referee blows his whistle and it's not going to count. I've seen something. I've certainly seen something. It was a, a cracking header from Vokes, wasn't it? Short one. Weir gets it and the cross comes oh, in towards, tell you towards what. the back post and it's not dead yet. The shot comes in from Delaney. That one blocks away as well and then Cooney tries to keep it back in the mix. Can it fall for Watts? Oh. It can fall to Watts and he's put it wide. That was a decent opportunity. We had a couple of chances really to get a shot on target. Couldn't quite get it away and then on the third time of asking, Cooney got it to Watts and he shanks it wide of the post. It gives him alert to that danger, gets it into the feet of Liam Shaw who goes to ground. Referee doesn't award a free kick and here come Wanderers on the overlap themselves with the Meti, 25 yards out, gets the shot away as well, it was a good effort. And a full stretch to his right-hand side, that was destined for the corner. And Connor Ripley does really well to turn it behind for a corner. Yeah, six goals this season for Mameti, so uh, it's a confident lad in front of goal. It was a well-hit strike, wasn't it, just outside the 18-yard box. Connor Ripley had to be equal to it, and he was, it was a good save. Farino tries to keep the ball alive, headed clear on the edge of the area, more up in the air really by Donald Love, we need to get this clear oh, and that a was a snap save. shot from Sam Vogt from the penalty spot, that was destined for the top corner and that is an absolutely fabulous tip over the bar, reflex action from Connor Ripley to stop it being 2-0, what a save. Yeah, just folks, just getting the, uh, the better side of the defender and forcing Ripley into a fine save to tip the ball over, like you say, so close with so much power behind it you could be forgiven for thinking it was going to nestle in the back of the net but Connor Ripley had other ideas ball on halfway love his dispossessed though and he's just pulled the shirt of Mameti there he's going to get a yellow card for this I reckon Donald Love 
He is going to get a yellow card, and that is his fifth portion of the season as well. So that means Donald Love will not be able to play at the Mizuma for the visit of Derby County on Tuesday night. What's battling for it in the heart of the midfield? Falls for Liam Shaw, being encouraged to carry the ball forward. Gets it into the path of way. That's well a nice done. one. Go on. Liam Shaw! Oh! Yeah, but that was Destin for the top corner as well. Jensen, we lovely ball through from Jensen. A snap effort from 12 yards out from Liam Shaw. That's a great tip over the bar. And that's the first real save that Max Sturex had to make all game. Good effort, great save. We are with the corner towards the back post. We're looking for Anthony O'Connor, headed away by Lewis Wing on his far as Cooney is going to try and get to the byline, get across it. That's a really good ball as well. Oh. Shaw tries to keep the ball alive. Was that handball? Well, referee allows play to continue and the Morecambe players are absolutely furious and I thought they might have a case there as well. To me, it was a really deep ball from Cooney. Shaw did really well to nod it back from the byline. And if that, if that didn't go out of play for a goal kick, to me, I've only seen it once and, well, surprise, surprise, I've not put a replay up on the, on the giant screen here at Adams Park. My first instinct was it hit the, the uh, Wickham player's hand. And here comes Donald Love into the feet of Shaw once more, looking for options. We just need to get that movement. Adam Hayes, 20 yards out, might have a shot. Why not? Oh, oh he's, he's, hit the hit, post. he's hit the outside of the post as well. He came within a whisker of scoring his first senior goal in league football against Cheltenham on Tuesday. That one a ball width away, even closer that time. I think the keeper was beaten to his left-hand side and it just comes back off the outside of the left-hand post. An incredible effort there from, uh, from Adam Mayer. And did the keeper get a touch on it, perhaps? Well, either that or a deflection from the defender because it's going to be a corner kick to the shrimps. Adam Mayer, oh so close in the 81st minute. With him over corner though, and it is going to be Adam Mayer who's going to take it. And he's left-footed, so this is going to be an in-swinger. As uh, Jensen Weir takes the applause of the travelling shrimps away to our left-hand side. Corner comes in from Mayer. It's right underneath the oh, cross. Oh, that's, that's, that's gone in. That's in. It has yes. gone straight in. Get and in there. Mayer has scored directly from a corner. And that is his first senior goal in League One. Wicker with the ball in from the right, left-footed. And the keeper couldn't keep it out. Assistant referee said it across the line. And what a way for the Shrimps to get back on level terms. Adam Mayer, direct from the corner. Wickham Wanderers won, Morecambe won. Dave, you said it there. He came so close to opening his league account for Morecambe. Seconds later, he goes and does it. And I have to say, from where we're sat, Dave, I thought that was well over the line. Look well over to me, Matt, I have to say. Absolutely well over the line. What a moment for young Adam Mayer. Absolutely delighted for him. Jacobson, and then it can be volleyed clear from that left-hand side, up and over it goes, looking for the substitute, Brandon Hamlin now on the edge of the Wickham box, Badeau does enough, ball up and over, Stockton does really well, bearing down on goal, Adam Mayer oh. coming the hero here for Morecambe, he was clean through one-on-one, -on -one. flag stays down, and that is a fine stop by the Wickham keeper, Max Stierak, that was the chance for Morecambe to win it, right at the death, and here comes Brandon Hamlin to win it for Wickham, what a save, but the ball's not dead, it's in the back of the net, from one end of the field to the other, and Wickham Wanderers look like they've won it at the death themselves, exactly the same as last season, a repeat of 12 months ago, but what's going on, has, the key, has that one been pulled back for a foul, oh my goodness me, Adam Mayer there could have been the hero for Morgan. He did everything right. Low left-footed shot. Great save one-on-one. -on -one. 
Wickham Wanderers broke, Hanlon was clean through. And eventually the ball was forced into the back of the net, but for the second time in this game, the referees come to our rescue. And that late, late, late winner won't count, but boy, what drama in stoppage time. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. And that That's indeed it. is the end of the game here at Adams Park. Boos echo around the stadium because the majority of the 6,000-odd in attendance here this afternoon thought that the chairboys had won it deep in stoppage time as the ball was forced over the line. But the referee had pulled that one back for an earlier foul, we think, on defender Jacob Bordeaux. It's a good point, you have to say, all things considered for the Shrimps. A very good second-half performance indeed. Falling behind after 21 minutes to that goal from Chris Farino, nodding it in from six yards out from a Gareth McCleary right-wing cross. And that was the story of the first half, really. We didn't stop the cross and we were punished for it. We were nearly punished twice. Sam Vokes had a goal disallowed 13 minutes before half-time as uh, Gareth Ainsworth uh, applauds the travelling shrimps away to our left-hand side, as he always does. Sam Vokes on 32 minutes sorted double Wickham's advantage. They didn't look much wrong with the goal, I have to say, but the assistant referee over on the far side has been kind to Morecambe on two separate occasions this afternoon, disallowing that Sam Vokes header. And so it was only 1-0 at half time in the second half Morecambe were much better and for large parts of the second half we were camped inside the Wickham half we had a couple of decent efforts as well notably from Liam Shaw on the hour mark arrow and an effort into the top corner which has tipped over the bar we had an absolute stonewall penalty not given as well I've got uh, photographic evidence to prove that it was a penalty uh, Joe Jacobson with his hands up from a, a nod back from a corner from Liam Shaw uh, that one uh, wasn't given we introduced Adam Mayer into the fray in the closing stages he hit the post the outside of the post with a pile driver from 25 yards it took a slight deflection and went away from a corner and from that corner, Morecambe equalised. Adam Mayer whipped it in, left-footed from the right side. And it confused everybody. It beat uh, players from both teams and the assistant referee over on the far side as we look a judge the ball to have crossed the line. It looked from here as if it was well over. We've only seen it once, though. The reality is that the equaliser was given. Adam Mayer scoring direct from a corner for his first senior league goal drama late on though deep in stoppage time Morecambe broke away great physicality from Cole Stockton to allow the ball to run two to Adam Mayer and he was bearing down on goal one on one could have been the hero this afternoon twice over that shot was saved by the keeper Max Steyrek and then Wickham broke up the other end themselves and thought they'd nipped it deep in stoppage time a real scramble inside the penalty area the ball eventually forced home but the referee pulling it back for a free kick high drama late on indeed here at Adams Park. Well, Derek, a tremendous end to the game, a 1-1 draw. Just your thoughts? Yeah, I thought we were excellent today. Um, I think we were obviously disappointed that uh, we've only come away with a point and uh, that says something when you come to, to Wickham because they've obviously been a championship club come down to, to League One and uh, very dominant at, uh, at home. But today we were the team that uh, created the better opportunities in the game. We've hit the post uh, twice in the game Adam Mayer just at the end had a one-on-one -on -one opportunity and uh, the way we could play we played through them the way we passed the ball the way we dealt with their uh, balls into Volks the way we dealt with the corner kicks uh, all over the pitch I thought that uh, it was very good from us today because uh, it's a really difficult venue to come to 
disappointed perhaps of the way you went a goal down just at a period of the game when you looked to be getting into it? Yeah, I mean, the way that we passed the ball, we got into areas and uh, we had overloads uh, all over the pitch in defence and midfield, uh, which uh, enabled us to, you know, have that good moments of play. And we deserve more than the point today, but you've got to be happy sometimes to come away from a point because uh, you're behind in the game. But you'll see we've hit the post twice uh, and, you know, had other opportunities in the game. And uh, rarely uh, you come to Wickham and that is the case. Talking of the goal, Adam Mayer, his first Football League goal, he came off the bench and uh, what an impression he's made. Yeah, I mean, I love Adam because um, what he's got is... and. He's got running power uh, and he's got ability as well. And he wants to score goals. He wants to run down the sides. He wants to take the ball in. And uh, he's done ever so well when he's come in with the first. And it's something that uh, the under-18 players, you know, have to look at down below. And uh, he's one that, uh, you know, has been a shining light for us. He scored one direct from a corner. I don't think I've seen that from Morgan for many a year. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's put a tremendous... He's got a great ref, left foot. And, you know, to put it into that area... And uh, the goalkeeper, I think, gambled it for going to the back post and uh, it's, it's gone in. But, uh, you know, for him to get his first goal straight from a corner, it'll be all over Sky tonight, it'll be all over social media and quite rightly, uh, you know, to score your first goal uh, and get uh, probably goal of the day, it'll be, it'll be you know, tremendous for him. And he could have won it in the end as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a great ball into him uh, and he's just run behind. The goalkeeper has made a very good save. There is a lot for him to do, but um, he's hit the target. That's all you can ask for. But uh, the goalkeeper's made a you know, very good save. Of course, drama at the death. There always is with Wickham mm. having a goal disallowed. Yeah, I mean, I thought the officials were fantastic today. You know, I think that um, I think we should have had a penalty. It was a handball. But um, the two goals that were disallowed were fouls. Uh, you could quite clearly say that. Uh, the first one was two hands on the shoulders. The second one, uh, it pulls his man back. It's, it's, it's quite obvious and uh, nobody can complain about that. When they did get through, Conor Ripley, again, two world-class saves today. Yeah, I mean, he, he threw out the, the top corner, but we probably should have been you know, further ahead in the game by that stage. But, uh, you know, it's just he's done really well for us. He's a big influence in the team. He wants to win and, uh, you know, delighted to have him in goal. He talks about having a bit more quality in the final third. There was signs that that was coming today. Yeah, what you got to remember is where we are. We're Morecambe Football Club playing in League One, and uh, you're not going to get with the the budget that uh, you know Wickham have much more than double uh, what we have. And you can see the quality. You don't get Sam Volks for a few pennies and a few sweet sappers. You know, you get him because you spend money, and uh, uh, that's just the, w- the way it is. We're competing at a level that uh, is very difficult, and. Uh, we're, we're working really hard and uh, you're not going to get all to play your own way but if you're going to hit the post twice you're going to score once uh, you're going to have a one and one with the goalkeeper uh, then uh, that's sometimes all you're going to have Talking of uh, level of League One just Derby County on Tuesday at home Yeah Derby County then we're away to Sheffield Wednesday uh, then we've got uh, MK Dons away then we've got Portsmouth away so uh, that's the beauty of being uh, a, a Morecambe fan we got into League One because the football club, the supporters, the players wanted to get into League One. Yes, we're not going to have it all our own way, but uh, I'm sure the, the supporters that have been with us long enough understand that um, where we've come from as a football club and uh, you know the, the limitations that we have uh, budgetary-wise. Uh, but what I will say is we've got a squad of players that work ever so hard uh, to get to the, the points that uh, we have already this season. Derek, a great point. Well done. Thank you. Osman Fain and Farron Rawson back on Tuesday, but Donald Love will now be suspended. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought that uh, O'Connor and uh, Caleb Watts, who came in today, uh, did really well with Donald Love. And, uh, you know, that, you know, certainly helped us because uh, of experience. We obviously missed two players in, in Rosson and uh, Fane, but, uh, you know, we left out Stockton uh, today as well. So, you know, we've shown that um, the players that come in uh, have really competed for a starting place. And difficult for Anthony O'Connor to come in from the cold with not much football, but he did really well today. Yeah, I mean, he's played three starts uh, in the Papa John's and he's come on in games, which has really, you know, helped us. Caleb Watts has only just come back from uh, injury as well. And they all put in, you know, maximum effort today to get us to, you know, a point away from home. And Cole on the bench, but look lively when he came on and, and, and great physical presence to allow the ball to run through for Adam Mayer, who could have been the hero. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's got. You know, he can take the ball in and, uh, you know, just unfortunate for him at this moment in time, he isn't getting uh, the goals. But, you know, I think that we are working, you know, ever so hard as a group uh, to get the points and we've moved up a position tonight in the league table. And finally, Derek, 138 travelling shrimps and um, unlike Tuesday, we've given them something to go home happy about. Yeah, and I mean, they'll be delighted. We've obviously beaten uh, a team that was sixth in the league t- uh, against Barnsley. Uh, disappointing and uh, Tuesday night to, to lose narrowly uh, and today we've come away from home from a, an ex-championship side to, to take a point Appreciate time Gaffer thank you. thank you Well Adam your first football league goal to earn a point at Wickham how are you feeling at the moment? Yeah I'm, I'm made up obviously came on and I've I created a few other chances as well could have had another two but made up to get me my first goal in the league Straight on a corner as well we don't see that very often yeah, it was well, in training yesterday. I had a bit of extra time at the end just while they were going over a bit of shape work and there was three balls left by the corner and I was trying to whip them in as well. So it's worked. <laughs> You've come off the bench again. You've made an impact again. It's exactly what the manager wants from you, isn't it? Yeah, well, hopefully if it, uh, keep coming on and doing well off the bench, making an impact, I can get my first start in the league soon. How's it feel for you now? Because, you know, not many people have heard of Adam Mayer at the start of the season, but week by week by week, you've gradually built yourself up, getting more game time. How are you feeling as a person because of that? Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm just like... When I'm on the pitch and things, I'm just... I'm more confident. And against Harrogate, I think it was, when my dad was in the stands, he said... Uh, he's heard like, a few fans who were mentioning my name and that, saying good things about me so it just all uh, has a positive impact on me when you hear things back and when you scored the goal you could see what it meant to the senior lads they were straight around you weren't they congratulating you yeah well obviously the, it's these these games like that we need to uh, we need to be picking points up so to, to get one more point for us out of it was it was quite a tough game I thought so just need to keep getting points and of course you nearly got a second about five minutes later as well yeah, well, I think um, I might have just had a bit too much time. <laughs> I had too much to think, time to think about it, but hopefully uh, just I can keep getting in chances like that and I'll, I'll be scoring them soon. You scored today, but the fighting spirit that you all showed to get back into the game, it's not an easy place to come, Adam Spark. Uh, it was, was fantastic. Yeah, but I thought the uh, second half we came out, I thought the lads were... were uh, much better than the first half. We were creating more chances, and I think we we deserved something out of it. Are there any more players that you particularly look look up to, or, or are really giving you a helping hand as you go along? Yeah, well, in in training and like I um, 
we have like a car share thing where we drive them to training on it and we had the Keaton Phillips and Liam Shaw so they're, they're the main ones who I speak to most so they're just helping me out with, um, with getting on and things like this. So tonight I bet you can't wait to put the telly on can you? Yeah as soon as, as soon as I get back on the goal I'll be watching a few uh, highlights. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thank you as ever for your downloads and your ears. We really appreciate it. In just a tick, we're looking ahead to Derby County, the Mazuma on Tuesday. But before that, the Shrimps Trust have launched their annual Christmas toy appeal. And of course, they need your help to make it a huge success. They are collecting donations before the game on Saturday, the 12th of November, uh, before we play Portsmouth at the Mazuma. Thereafter, presents for all the family to share from 4 to 16 years old so think of anything like board games craft sets colouring sets football or sporting equipment and of course toys of any other description now they must be new and boxed as well uh, for them to be considered uh, for donation so if you're popping out doing your shopping and I know times are really tough at the moment for everybody if you can spare a couple of quid just to pick a little something up extra uh, the Shrimps Trust would really really appreciate it you'll see them at the front of the Mazuma Saturday the 12th of November between 12.30 and 2.30 before the game against Portsmouth uh, they are collecting for the Christmas Toy Appeal. If you follow the Shrimps Trust on social media, on uh, Facebook or Twitter or Insta, uh, or if you just search Shrimps Trust on Google, you will find out more details about their annual Christmas Toy Appeal. Onwards we go then to another huge game in League One this coming Tuesday. Derby County, the visitors uh, to the Mazuma. And ahead of the game, I've been talking to Chris Parsons. Chris is the host of the fabulously titled Steve Bloomer's Washing. Uh, Steve Bloomer is Derby County's all-time leading goalscorer, by the way, if you wonder where that's come from. And uh, it's a great pod, f- proper fans podcast. And Chris, a Derby County fan through good times and bad uh, for many, many years. The ideal person then to get the full lowdown. Uh, on the Rams ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. And of course, if you're not heading down to the game, full match commentary on Beyond Radio will be on FM and DAB+. And of course, via I Follow Shrimps for the build-up, followed by the whole game live from 7.30. So, Chris, thanks for jumping on our podcast. I really appreciate your time. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game this Saturday, tell us why your podcast is called Steve Bloomer's Washing. <laughs> It's amazing how often this comes up when I do these sorts of things. Um, yeah, so for the uninitiated, uh, Steve Bloomer is Derby County's all-time leading goal scorer. Um, and the Rams have a, a pre-match anthem called Steve Bloomer's Watching uh, in tribute to, to the great man. Uh, and there's a statue of him as a bust of Steve Bloomer in the dugout at Pride Park, which uh, Morecambe fans might be able to spot if they look very, very closely when you visit um, for the game. And uh, yeah, basically, Steve Bloomer's washing is uh, just a, a, a pretty lame pun on uh, Steve Bloomer's watching, which is belted out. And uh, yeah, that's where the inspiration really came from. It's a great name. I was, I was speaking to uh, the Stoke City podcast the the wizards of drivel a few yes. weeks ago also another amazing name for a podcast well, i'm a big fan of that name as well like yes. you know <laughs> that wordplay is very much my uh, you know my my go to yeah mine too mine too 
So the podcast itself then, Chris, before we get down to business, uh, give us the sales pitch for it. Uh, from extra Derby County content, head of the game, where can we find it? What's it all about? Uh, yeah, well, thanks. Uh, don't get to do that for very often. But uh, yeah, it's it's our take on all things Derby County every couple of weeks. Uh, we're the longest running uh, independent Derby County fan podcast, uh, having started at the start of the 17-18 uh, season. Um, fair to say Derby County have been for a fair amount since then, on and off the field. A um, couple of failed playoff campaigns, relegation, administration, and a fair few bits in between. But uh, yes, myself and three other lifelong Derby County fans are chewing the fat on all things um, on and off the field from the club every couple of weeks. And you can find us on Twitter uh, at Steve Bloomer Pod. And uh, we release episodes every fortnight on every available podcast platform, really. But uh, we tend to get most of our audience from uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. SoundCloud or wherever, whichever podcast service you use. Search Steve Bloomer's Washing. It's a great listen and it is a proper fans pod, Chris, isn't it? There's there's no corporateness about it. You tell it like it is. Yeah, you know, we um, yeah we, we try to be honest. We try to be balanced, um, which is can be easier said than done in, in the age of like creator content. Like we don't want to, we try not to be too, sort of partisan and, and ridiculous but at the same time look we do we try to be honest we'll, we'll call out bad performances and and give credit where it's due and um yeah it's fair to say we've seen both ends of that scale supporting that you know following Derby County and uh the, the 20 or 30 years that we've uh we've followed the club so let's talk about that in a bit more detail then Chris if we may as you've alluded to it's fair to say you've had quite the ride over the last few seasons yeah well even in the past few years that we've done the podcast. I mean, since we started five, 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 six years ago, um, you know, we started under Gary Rowett, um, where we, we missed out on the playoffs then when Fulham got promoted. And after that, we had the Frank Lampard years or year where we uh, lost to Villa in at Wembley in the championship playoff final, where we had the likes of Mason Mount and Harry Wilson and uh, Fakir Tamori at the club as great loanees and then we had like the Philip Koku years and, and the Wayne Rooney years and um, I, I don't know how familiar Morecambe fans are with the incident where um, Richard Keogh and Tom Lawrence were involved in a, a, an incident yeah. after a team bonding session which yeah. saw Keogh leave the club and um, Lawrence and Mason Bennett convicted of drink driving offences and then we had the, the, the Wayne Rooney era where he played for us for a period of time and then took over as manager. Uh, and then since he's left and we've had our own off-field difficulties with our overspending, catching up with Derby County and um, administration following. And in the past year or so, uh, a battle for our very existence, quite frankly, with uh, administration, um, 21 points docked by the EFL, um, and a, a brave but ultimately failed bid to avoid relegation from the championship last season. And that sort of brings us back to where we are now with um, a new owner in David Klaus, a local businessman, come good, who's sort of a reluctant saviour, really, who took over Derby County and took on all, and took on all our debts. Excuse me. Um, he didn't really plan to, but um, he 
has readily admitted that uh, it was that or, or Derby County facing um, facing a threat to their very existence, really, which as a club with a, a rich history, you know, like two-time champions of England, uh, one of the founder members of the Football League in 1884, was a, a fate that none of us were really prepared to contemplate. So we're all very grateful to David Klaus. And this season, we're looking at fresh beginnings, albeit in the third tier of English football, which Derby haven't been in since the mid-1980s. But we'll all admit as Derby fans that we're, we're more than happy to accept that if it's if it's that rather than not existing at all. So, yeah, a real roller coaster in the past few years. But uh, look, we're, we're embracing life in League One, enjoying visiting new grounds we haven't visited for a very long time. Some of them at all, I think, get, you know, play at games like Fleetwood and Shrewsbury. So, um, yeah, fresh beginnings. And hopefully it's a case of onwards and upwards from here. Is that how it feels, Chris? You're clearing the decks and you're moving on? Or I suppose a part of you must be disappointed you're still not in the championship. But from an outsider's point of view, it felt to me as if you were always going to be relegated, no matter how hard you tried, no matter what you did. It was almost as if the EFL were against, conspiring against you in one respect because you had the points deduction and another points deduction. And it almost seemed that, that no matter what you tried to do, the, the inevitable was going to happen. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, there was a brief period around Christmas last year uh, when we won like three on the trot and we were slowly narrowing that gap. I think when the 21 points were deducted originally, we were 17 points from safety. And I think we got it down to, I could be wrong, maybe about seven or eight yeah. from safety, something like that. My, my memory escapes me. But yeah, there was a period where it looked close. Like we, you know, we pulled off some great results. Um, beat Bournemouth at home last season. They got promoted. Beat Fulham at home last season. They got promoted. Um, got some great, got a point away at Fulham as well. Beat West Brom beat the teams that were up there, beat Sheffield United. They were, um, they ended up in the playoffs. So got some great results, show some real great character and spirit. But um, unfortunately, while all this was happening, there was the background of the administration and um, we did have to let some players go last season that we would have liked to have held on to, like Sofessia Basali, a promising young player, went to Udinese. Uh, Malcolm Ebiowe has gone to gone to Crystal Palace. Uh, Luke Plange gone to Crystal Palace. Uh, Tom Lawrence, our captain, we couldn't renew his contract, so he's gone to Rangers and started well there. Um, and in the end, we were left with uh, literally a, a sort of a team of, if you can call it that, a team of like five or six players in the summer. Um, so this season, it has felt like it's been a complete rebuild. Um, and I believe we're still under uh, sort of transfer sanctions where we can't pay a, a transfer fee for a player. So we're, we're very much dealing in, we're very much wheeler dealing in, in uh, loans and free transfers. We've got a competitive squad now, which is something. Um, so it does feel like we are in a position to challenge and we have started relatively well in League One. But uh, yeah, some of us dared to dream for a little bit last season, but at the end of the day, like it was... It, it would have been a Herculean effort to have pulled back that 17-point deficit from, from where we were. And 
there was a, I get it. There was a lot of anger towards the EFL. I mean, we got 12 points deducted automatically for going into administration. You can't really argue with that, really. And then the uh, extra nine points a few weeks later for three separate breaches of uh, EFL profitability and sustainability rules. Um, I mean, look, like Derby made the case at the time that the books that we had submitted were signed off by the EFL and our uh, non-traditional uh, practice, accountancy practices were apparently agreed by the EFL. Um, I think it's generally agreed that there was quite a lot of pressure put on the EFL by other teams in the division, by the likes of Wickham and Middlesbrough. That's fine. I, I mean, look, I feel it's water under the bridge now. It's happened. We're not going to get those points back. Um, we're not going to get that relegation back. What's happened has happened, and I feel like we all just have to move on, really. It was disappointing at the time. It was disappointing that Middlesbrough and Wickham made compensation claims against us for um, what I still feel were hypothetical situations, really, um, for claiming money against us for things that would have happened if we hadn't have spent like we did, which is disappointing. But look, it is what it is, and it's now time for for the club to, to, to start a new era a new chapter and hopefully we can do that with our um even if it is with a team of free transfers going forward this season and it looked like that new chapter was going to be with Wayne Rooney at the helm are you sad that he left or surprised that he left or where did you stand with the whole managerial situation I was a bit surprised really because mainly because he'd stuck it out for so long um, he wasn't a stranger to the fact that we were in a terrible situation. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it, it was a surprise to see him go to DC United, uh, given that he had been linked with the Burnley job and even the Everton job. And I think we, we felt he'd built up enough credibility to have got a championship job, maybe, or, or, or a good League One job. Um, I mean, we've seen already this season that there are there are jobs popping up at like you know like Stoke and Sunderland already. Um, so yeah, an interesting choice for him personally. But I think the general uh, stance is that look, we had a we had a number of takeovers fall through last season, and there was one particular takeover with uh, US businessman Chris Kirchner, mm. who uh, who was in it for the long haul with Derby, but then he was he was asked to put up put up the money. And uh, and he couldn't, uh, you know, it rumbled on and on and on. Um, and there were it was no secret that Chris Kirchner's party and um, his sort of right hand man in those connections, Gary Cook, had connections to Wayne Rooney's party and his agent, Paul Stretford. Uh, so I think the, um, uh, you know, the, the assumed knowledge is that Rooney had a connection to Kirchner and that Kirchner was his preferred takeover. Yeah. And that when it all when that all fell apart, Rooney essentially thought, right, look, I've I've stuck I've stuck it out for long enough. It's time to walk away. Um, so yeah, disappointing. But you know, look, Rossinia is, I think, very well thought of. He, um, I mean, Curtis Davis, Derby's club captain, was open in admitting that it was Rossinia that did like ninety percent of the coaching when um, when Rooney was was the manager. So um, I think Rossinia was very much the brains behind a lot of our successes last season, a lot of the good results that we had on the pitch. Steady enough start. A lot of Morecambe fans will be 
unfamiliar with Derby and how they play. So tell us everything we need to know about a Derby County team, formations, players. What do we need to know? We're a team who like to dominate the ball away from home and teams who host us seem to be happy for us to have the ball as well. Um, We like to build from the back um, as is quite fashionable for a lot of teams in 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 the football league at the moment uh, some sometimes it works um sometimes it doesn't and we do concede chances from it everyone tries it most teams get it wrong sometimes but we're doing it because it's a more efficient way of keeping possession and creating chances and minimizing chances for the opposition that's a theory so yeah we'll try and build out from the back um we'll try and get the ball down the wings to the likes of Tom Barkhausen, who came in this season, and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, who's got experience, who came in this season. And the aim is to get balls into James Collins, who also came in this season, um, and get players around him, like Jason Knight, um, although he's been filling in at right back, and uh, then try and uh, create chances from set pieces from the likes of Connor Howrahan, who has such a fantastic left foot, and then get players around him following up, really. So, yeah, we've got quality in different areas. Haven't quite delivered the goods in terms of scoring this season. I mean, we've got the best defence in League One, but I think most Derby fans would say we should have scored more goals. Yeah, we've found it difficult at times. We've especially found it difficult away because teams just let us have the ball in the first half and we just haven't... It hasn't clicked in terms of converting chances. So... It seems to be a strategy for teams away to, to sit in, let us have 75-80% possession. Um, we haven't quite been able to break them down. And then in the second half, teams come out a bit more, um, create chances, games are much more open. Um, and yeah, we haven't quite found the formula away, but we're doing just about enough at home as it stands so far. So in terms of our ways we can hurt you can you give us any glimmers of light chris that we can how, how can we, we we get in and, and, and improve our our scoring record um yeah it's difficult it's difficult to say when when we have defended relatively well i mean um so the the, the defense includes uh, a young irish defender who came through last season erin cashin uh who can get caught behind occasionally like positionally but generally has been really solid um Set pieces, we, we've, we've, we've been pretty, we've, we've done just about okay. Uh, my concern is that our midfield isn't quite as physical as it could be because um, Derby's record signing, Christian Bielik, uh, is uh, was loaned out to Birmingham because um, he basically thought that he, he didn't really want to drop down to League One when we came down. And, and I... I get that really. He's like a full Polish international, and he's got their, he's got their World Cup squad to get into for November. So um, he's he's gone out on loan for the season with a view to hopefully coming back, depending on what division Derby are in next year. So, but he was like our midfield enforcer, and we don't really have anyone who does what he did. Um, you know, Derby's midfield three is Harrahan and Max Bird, who are more. Um, ball-playing midfielders rather than uh, tough tackling midfielders. So I think if, if if you can get bodies in there and physicality in the middle and try and overrun Derby, then that's an area where you can try and pick up, perhaps pick up balls on the edge or um, or win the midfield battle perhaps. Um, 
And in terms of fullbacks, I mean, Derby uh, are currently playing a, a central midfielder at right back, as I mentioned in Jason Knight, because uh, the other right back we have, uh, Aduro from, from Man City, hasn't quite shown that he can handle first team football yet regularly. So maybe down the right, maybe in over the top in behind Cashin, or maybe by winning the midfield battle. But uh, yeah, it's, it's slim pickings, slim pickings, because we have looked generally touch wood quite solid at pride park this year so far oh good look forward to that and chris thanks very much for <laughs> uh, tom barcazen will be a, a player that morgan fans know very well uh, we loved barky when he was with us we were so disappointed we, we had to similar to to you guys i suppose we literally had to sell him to pay the bills and preston got him on the cheap You've obviously got him on a free transfer. After that, still got plenty to offer in League One. Uh, how has he settled in at Pride Park? Good. Yeah, he's done well. Um, I mean, he, he scored in a pre-season friendly against Leicester and took that really well. And he looks like he's a sort of player who will play across a front three on the left. But he tends to come in quite often. Like he doesn't. He, he doesn't really look like a traditional wide man. He seems like a, a attacking left mid who who comes inside um but yeah he did took a scored a good goal in pre-season against Leicester um then scored the winner away in the first round of the league cup at Mansfield uh got on the end of a, a Mendes Lang cross and to score a decent header at the back stick um and it looks like he's developing a, a nice little um a, a nice little rapport with Mendes Lang actually like they've scored and assisted for each other already a couple of times this season um, so yeah, I, I, I like him. He puts himself about, he, he's not afraid to, to drift inside, get shots off, try and get on the end of headers. Um, and he, uh, he seems to put in a good shift. So I've been impressed with him so far. Chris, really appreciate your time coming on. We, we've spoken for, for a very long time now. Apologies for, for keeping you, uh, so not long. Cool. It, it, cool. it's, it's great stuff. And, and I think the Derby County story is, is a in a way it's quite an inspirational one, isn't it? Isn't it? Because you're down in the doldrums, all hope is lost. Your days of between going out of business or or not, as the case might be, and now you're on the way back up again. League One has a lot of former Premier League sides, the so-called sleeping giants, the big clubs, and we thought last season in our first season in League One was was tough. You look at the the names of the teams in the division this season, and it seems even more so. Where are you in terms of your aspirations and your ambitions for this season? Is it straight back into the championship? Or I suppose, as you've already found out in the first half a dozen games, it's not going to be quite as simple as that. Yeah, I, th- I think if we can crack two key problem areas, then I think we've got a chance. Like the away form is is worrying. And we're probably just a couple of players short of having a squad, which I definitely say can challenge for promotion. I guess for me, we just need to make sure that the fans still, you know, still back us, really. I mean, we, we had like basically a sellout on the opening day, like 30, 31, 32,000, which is obviously a, a massive gate for League One. And we've, we've hit like the late 20s in the home game since. Um, so my concern was that fans would start to drift away um it once we you know in, in league one and that could still happen because look it's it's all very well getting decent crowds in august september when the sun's shining and you're winning but it's on, on the tuesdays and wednesdays in november december january february 
when that will really test the resolve of the fan base at this level. So I hope we'll still get good gates. Um, I hope that we can still continue to break teams down at home. And if it continues to click, if we can just get it to click away, I don't see why we can't challenge. Um, it's, it, you don't want to get too carried away because most fans are just happy we exist, genuinely still, and that we can put a team out. But w- when you see the players we do have and the experience we have and some of the goals we've scored, um, then hope does start to, 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 to rise up again, you know? And, and, and we're still in the mix in, like, in, in sort of November around Christmas and we're still in the top eight, top ten. And then we can maybe strengthen in January if we can. I don't see why top six can't be can't be a name. I, I think it's difficult to say if, if automatics are a name, but I don't see why um, we can't be aiming for the playoffs. So you talk about your um, home attendances. I guess that means you're going to be packing out in the Mazuma and it's going to be a great atmosphere, hopefully. I've taken massive away followings all season, as you'd expect. Mm. Um, we, uh, mainly because, as I said at the start, like a lot of these grounds are places that Derby haven't played at for a long time, or or if ever, like we, I don't think we've ever played at Shrewsbury and Fleetwood. So yeah, we will, uh, we'll take the maximum allocation. I'm almost certain of that, which I guess is around 15, 1600. Is it something like yeah, that? I think? Some, yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 I mean, there's a sort of a system in place now where uh, tickets are allocated based on how many games Derby fans went to last season. So it's like, you know, you can get one first if you went to 20 plus away games and 10 plus away games, then five. Um, I'm towards the bottom of that pile. Um, so uh, I'll have to see if I can get one myself. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get to a few over the next few weeks, like the likes of Lincoln. I haven't been to Cambridge as well. So yeah but you can guarantee that Derby will take a big number to Morecambe great really looking forward to that atmosphere Chris thanks so much before you go give us the uh, the sales pitch one more time for Steve Bloomer's washing yeah we're, we're a fortnightly Derby County fans podcast uh, you can find us at Steve Bloomer pod or on the Apple podcasts Spotify Google podcasts SoundCloud wherever you get your podcasts and uh, yeah fortnightly twice weekly uh, sorry discussion every two weeks on Derby's most recent fixtures along with interviews nostalgia Derby County quizzes and everything in between and we'll look we'll look for the Steve Bloomer bust when we come to Pride Park I think it's middle of February we come to you so uh, we'll look out for the bust then and hopefully uh, you're well in the promotion mix and and, and we're comfortably in mid-table so Chris thanks so much Uh, good luck for the season and we'll speak to you next time No problem. Thanks for having me on. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.